It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Well, next week, the United States Senate is expected to vote on Joe Manchin's bill, which would reform permitting for energy projects. But it faces faces a tough uphill battle against both progressive Democrats and some Republican members. Uh, The question is, really, would these lawmakers be making a big mistake by voting against it? Uh, We really want to dig into what is going on in terms of permitting and why changes are needed. And to help us break all of that down, Phil Rossetti is going to join us. Uh, Phil is the resident senior fellow at the R Street Institute, regular guest on the program. Phil, thanks for jumping on. And first, just kind of give us a lay of the land in terms of what is this uh, permitting reform that uh, Senator Manchin got this sort of side deal on? Uh, what does it actually do? Why Why does it matter? Yeah, it's a, you know, Definitely an interesting topic here in Washington. I guess kind of the context that's useful to know is, you know, we used to have this uh, vision that all these infrastructure projects, energy-related projects, will get permitted about, you know, two years. And lately, the average has drifted more towards, you know, four and a half years. Uh, and it's not unheard of for some projects to have even over 10 years of permitting time. So we look at all of these big clean energy efforts and also, you know, fossil efforts trying to alleviate energy prices. Uh, there's a concern as to how fast we can actually get these projects through the uh, environmental assessment and impact statement processes. So Manchin, as uh, part of the Inflation Reduction Act, he did what what they call the sidecar deal, where he basically said, okay, you know, we're going to have another bill, which is this permitting bill, uh, and we're going to vote on that with the understanding that it's kind of a, you know, part and parcel uh, but, of course, it's hard to separate those things out in Washington because now a lot of the same people who vote for the IRA are not necessarily going to want to vote for this permitting reform. And the big focus of Manchin's deal is uh, he wants to address some of the litigation issues, shorten the statute of limitations, try to ma- ensure that it's a random judge that hears these cases and uh, that you can't have a uh, uh, you know a president who just always puts friendly judges to their issues on these uh, cases uh, in, in a certain court. And also trying to set a list of national interest projects where they would have essentially 25 projects, at least five of which would be fossil fuel, to uh, force uh, like a fast track for some projects. Uh, So it's a a big proposal, uh, but remains to be seen if it's going to get much support because it's got opposition from both sides, very heavy opposition. And so let's dig into a little bit of that. You talk about these uh, 25 projects. Uh, again, a lot of times we we pass, <laughs> we hear these bills pass and say, oh, there's going to be all of you know the infrastructure or energy projects, all of those kinds of things, even green energy projects. Uh, and then this permitting can, can be so slow, can be so filled with litigation that it often makes it uh, unprofitable or even just a, a bad pursuit for a business uh, to, to take a flyer to say, well, you know what, uh, we're not going to invest in that because we know it's going to be four and a half to 10 years, and we're still not even sure it'll get approved in the end. Uh, how does that impact, again, especially something like green energy? Yeah, well, I mean, these are 
key points, and I, I think it's important to point out that most of the projects that are getting tied up in uh, permitting are actually clean energy projects. Mm-hmm. So if you look at the permitting dashboard today, which is you know some of the biggest uh, infrastructure projects right now, of all the energy ones, two thirds of them are clean energy, and then you've got you know another uh, you know fifteen percent or so are from uh, transmission, which you need for clean energy. In terms of the business incentives, it's a huge deterrent. Uh, you know, if you're saying, hey, you know, I, I want to invest, and you don't think you're going to get a return on investment in years, uh, that's going to make it harder. But that also gets to, you know, something that I'm very concerned about this uh, permitting reform proposal is the idea of designating projects as in the national interest. Because it's a very common thing in Washington where politicians will say, hey, you know, we know that there are certain projects that are going to have a benefit, so we just want to cut the red tape for them and give them a fast track. Mm-hmm. And that might seem great in the near term, but the problem is in the long term, you're just communicating to these investors that the only way for their projects to get built is to be one of these 25 national interest projects. Mm-hmm. And then you're steering the incentives away from investing and having effective, utilized infrastructure and more towards lobbying and uh, politicking, which is just sowing the seeds for future problems. Uh, I am so glad you raised that, Phil, because that is uh, that's the essence of it, right there, folks. If the incentives of what passes is towards lobbying and who knows who, uh, the wealthy and the well connected, uh, that's a very different ball game than those who are actually the real innovators, the risk takers, and those that are most likely to lead. Uh, whether it's clean energy, uh, whether it's renewables, whatever it may be, uh, it, it just totally skews the system in a in a significant way. And uh, Phil, I did want to ask you just real quick on the uh, on the opposition to this bill. Uh, is this becoming more about the fact that Joe Manchin got a side deal <laughs> as it is the actual deal? It seems to me that the Democrats should be all on board saying, hey, let's let's get these uh, green and clean energy uh, projects rolling. The Republicans should be on board uh, to eliminate anything that's going to cut red tape and allow projects to move faster. Uh, is this just, uh, hey, this guy got special treatment, and so now we're all going to vote against it? That's a, a good question because it, <laughs> it certainly is hard to speculate on it. But I, I will say, you know, one observation that I've had on this issue that's been very interesting is seeing, you know, you've got a lot of moderate Democrats who are concerned about permitting. And then you go, you know, a bit further left, uh, and some people are concerned about um, you know, fossil projects and things like that. But then you go further left than that, and the people who are really concerned about climate uh, are desperate to get the clean energy through and, and are supportive. So you have this real mix of different uh, opponents. Yeah. And then on the Republican side, you know, the Republicans have their own permitting proposal. And I think they're, you know, probably one of their big concerns is that if we go forward with the mansion proposal, uh, some of the priorities that they see that are not in, in this bill are just going to get tabled and, and get shelled. So I would say if the mansion deal falls through uh, and if Republicans take at least one of the chambers next year, uh, then that could be an interesting dynamic for uh, a different permitting reform. But the, the issue is certainly not going away, even if uh, Manchin's vote falls through. Yeah, uh, great analysis as always. Phil Rossetti, resident senior fellow at the R Street Institute. Phil, we appreciate you chiming in. This will be an interesting one to watch over the course of the next week. Permitting, we got to make it easier. we got to make it faster. We can make it responsible, and we can make it better. We'll step aside for bottom of the hour news. Stay with us. More Inside Sources coming up next on KSL News Radio. 
two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.